At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. Three of the nightcap here on VEASAN alongside Adam Burke sitting in for Sean King. I am Tim Murray and uh, a, a somber night, uh, but a night to also uh, recognize and celebrate the, the life of the icon, Vin Scully. And uh, we bring in Chris Andrews from the South Point, who uh, I know, Chris, over your life, you've heard a, a couple games that, uh, that Vin Scully called uh, I don't know. I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but is there a uh, a moment, a a call that maybe sticks out the most uh, from uh, from the encyclopedia that was calls of Vin Scully? Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, I, I do have one that stands out. Uh, Roxy Roxborough and I used to do a lot of things together, and uh, we had the Dodgers beating the Yankees. I, I can't remember exactly what year it was. In the World Series, we both made pretty big bets on the Dodgers. It's the year when uh, Winfield first joined the Yankees, and whatever inning it was, it was kind of late. We said, well, "Let's." We we had our favorite restaurant. Roxy was visiting me up in Reno. We had our favorite restaurant of ours it was in Genoa, Nevada. So about an hour or so out of uh, out of Reno, and we're driving there. We had the game one, and we're listening to Vin. And you know, Vin was classic for being. Uh, a neutral announcer, you, you know, he, he, whether the Dodgers, whoever they were playing. This night, though, he became the Dodgers announcer. He was sticking it to the Yankees so bad. <laughs> and, of course, Roxy and I were loving every minute of it because we had a big bet on the Dodgers. So we were laughing. But like I said, he threw that neutrality completely out the window. And uh, that's one that I, Roxy and I will still kid each other about. It. Matter of fact, Winfield was up. And he struck out. I can't remember. If he got, I think he might have gotten called out on strikes. And he announces Winfield going back to the dugout. And he, you know, at the time, Winfield signed the highest contract in baseball history. He goes, well, there goes Dave Winfield. Well, he can always go count his money. <laughs> that, one, <laughs> that one stuck with Roxy and me for, for a long time. We'll still laugh about that one. <laughs> but it's nice when you're on the winning end of one of those. Yeah, the- yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. Uh, as we're talking with Chris Andrews, uh, once again, if you missed it, uh, the sad news coming out today via uh, tonight, I should say, via the uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers of the passing of 
of legend Vince Scully. Uh, just uh, it, you know the 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 the, the superlatives and 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 all the you know different notes uh, of his life. Uh, this one, he was 25 years old when he called a World Series. I mean, <laughs> I was uh, I was calling yeah. Frederick Keys baseball, and when I was 25 years old, and Vince Scully was calling the World Series in 1953. So. Uh, what a life, what a career, and uh, certainly will be missed. Um, uh, this will be the third time now, Chris, I will say the same phrase, but I will do it again. No easy transition, but let's do it. We'll stick with baseball. Yeah. Uh, the, the well, Sandy- you know, here, here, Eric, yeah. I'd like to dispute. You know, it's not a he, guy lived in 94. He had one of the greatest lives I know. any one of us could ever imagine. So God bless. I mean, I, yeah, my my little yeah, sure. But I mean, he's not going to live forever. My my goodness. I mean, what a what a great life. So I'm you know maybe I'm being callous or whatever. But I'm not overly sad. I want to celebrate what a great great right. life this guy had. Well, you know, you're right though. It's not an easy transition. No, and 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 to that point though, you know, you look up and and they're they're showing all these iconic you know images yeah. on Sports Center right now of the games that he called. I mean. The guy called Jackie Robinson. I mean, it's 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 re- remarkable everywhere he was, Adam. Well, and I think something too is that you know we we wait to show people the respect we have for right. them or talk about how much we love them or how much we appreciated them until after they're gone. I, Vin Scully knew. Yeah, he knew between you know the retirement that he had and all of his friends in the business and just being beloved by not even just an entire fan base but an entire country of baseball fans. At least he knew, because some people don't have the opportunity to know before they're gone. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. Uh, so, uh, Ben Scully uh, passing away, and uh, you know the Dodgers, uh, the betting favorite, Chris, to uh, to win the World Series. Uh, he got his World Series ring, another one, uh, even though he wasn't the voice of the Dodgers when they won a couple years ago in the uh, in the COVID shortened season. But their rival, the San Diego Padres. Yeah. Wow, oh wow, did they make a couple big moves. Josh Hader, uh, Juan Soto, uh, man, they were, they were busy. What did that do uh, for you guys at, South, at the South Point with those odds today? Well, we were all over the place from really kind of yesterday because we knew um, you know, some teams had made some moves. Um, I had, well, going into yesterday, I had the Padres 12-1 to 1 to win the World Series. I, I lowered them to 10 yesterday, you know, thinking a little bit that they might make a move. Then we heard this morning, it was a pretty strong rumor that they were going to get Soto and also get Bell. Uh, and you mentioned they got Hader yesterday, which I know he hasn't been pitching well, like recently, but he's, you know, still, uh, you know, an ace uh, closer. Uh, so anyway, I lowered them again. And meanwhile, somebody came in and even bet me, I can't remember what I lowered them to. I think I had him down as low as like five to one. And then, but then I had some other action. I had a little bit on the Padres that price. Anyway, I wound up jacking them back up to seven to one. That's where I'm sitting right now. So we were all over the place, but we had a ton of moves today. We moved the Dodgers. We moved the Astros. Um, I can't, you know, I think we moved the Brewers and we were just all over the place. So a lot of, a lot of play on the futures today. And I got to say it's, going to wind up one of the best futures handles I've ever had because there's just, you know how it is with bookmakers. You want a lot of opinions and, you know, kind of a fairly equal distribution of money. And that's what we've had. We had a lot of it just even today. So, Chris, obviously moving San Diego around, did that have any impact on the prices that you had listed for the Mets and the Braves? 
Yeah. Um, well, not the Braves. Yeah, I'm already in pretty bad shape with the Braves. I had one of my biggest customers <laughs> who made a pretty substantial bet on the Braves a couple months ago when they, they started coming, you know, because they, they hadn't played well for a while. I'm trying to yeah, bet me five. Oh, man, he's all over the place. Bet me three. The same guy. Bet me 3,000 to 15 to one. Bet me 5,000 at nine to one. So I'm at seven to one with them, you know, and, and I get hammered pretty good because he's not the only one to play him. Uh, but yeah, I raised the Dodgers because obviously, I mean, they're in the same division as the Padres. You can't both go to the World Series. Yeah, win the win the pennant. Uh, the Brewers, I, I actually did raise them up a little bit, even though I had a little bit of play on them. I had lowered the Cardinals because there are some rumors that they might get Soto. I'm on the raising the Cardinals back up. I think I'm at uh, forty to one right now for them to win the World Series. And uh, yeah, another team I even got bet on today was the Phillies. Hmm. Um, you know, and I, I think they're, I think they're tied for the wild card if I remember correctly. So they're still in the hunt, but like I said, we were all over the place today. We had a ton of business. So, uh, you know, I can't remember every move to be, <laughs> to be honest with you, because we had a lot of them today, but I'm still trying to keep a, you know, a reasonable percentage because, you know, listen, one team's going to win and 29 of them are going to lose. So, you know, you got to have enough money from those other 29 teams to pay off uh, the, the team that does eventually beat you. We're talking once again to Chris Andrews at Andrews Sports on Twitter, Sportsbook Director uh, over at the South Point. You know, Chris, you know, last night Adam and I were talking about some of the moves, and, you know, Josh Hader was probably the biggest name moved last night. But, of course, today it's Juan Soto, and we yeah. see the movement, you know, you guys had everywhere, you know, crashing essentially. I, Normally, one player. Now, I'm not. I know they had Hater and and obviously Josh Bell, and they bring in Brandon Drury too. But one player is that one of the biggest moves you can recall of one player in baseball making you know impact in the futures market. Well, going way way back, um, you know when A Rod signed with Texas. Now this was you know in the off season. But, you know, that was a really crazy situation. So I think he got – he signed with the Rangers. The Rangers finished way out of the playoffs. And Seattle wound up having one of the best seasons of all time. I think they won 112 games or something that year. Just incredible. But that really moved the market. But, again, that was in the off season. I can't remember one this big during the course of the season. You know, I know we've had a lot of moves around the, the trade deadline in past years. Uh, well, I can't, I'd have to, I'd have to go back and think, but I can't think of one that moved, moved the needle this much. Cause don't forget, there's a lot of rumors of where he might go. Yeah. Dodgers were trying to get him. Cardinals were trying to get him. You know, Padres eventually got him, you know, so th- there's a lot of, a lot of rumors and a lot of, um, you know, what we felt was some substantial rumors, you know, so possibilities that, that where he could go. So it did Royal the market pretty good. Chris, we've got about a minute left here. Any movement to the AL, either for the pennant or for the World Series, based on what we saw here at the trade deadline? Yeah, I mean, the, I got, took a big bet today on the Astros. Um, you know, they, they had done some things, too, I guess, yesterday. Uh, but, yeah, I took, uh, again, that one guy who bets me pretty big on the futures. He probably has half my futures market. He made a big bet today on the Astros. So I'm down to plus 190 for them to win the pennant. Uh, I'm still... In decent shape, I'm
VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCasts wherever you get your podcasts. Alongside Adam Burke, I'm Tim Murray. You know, I got a smile on my face, and I, I thought Chris Andrews, you know, he, he did say it well, and, and, he, and he was not trying to be disrespectful whatsoever because, you know, Vince Scully lived a, <laughs> I mean. An, At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Unbelievably incredible life. He passes away tonight at 94. um, And, you know, the clips that are going to be put out and uh, by the way, we have tweeted out a, a small snippet of the, uh, the Brent Musburger interview. Uh, once again, thank you to Brent for jumping on uh, so quickly after the news uh, came out that Vince Cully had passed away at the age of 94 to, to give us some perspective and some stories that he had and the importance of Vince Cully uh, for his career. Uh, so we have a small clip out there. We'll put the whole clip, whole interview out uh, on social media uh, later uh, later on as we as we kind of get that uploaded. But, you know, you were showing me a video of uh, a clip of Vince Scully calling, telling a story <laughs> of, what, Johnny Gomes? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean and, and, and it, what, what makes Vince Scully such a, well, you know, why he was, and I said it to Brent, basically perfect at calling baseball. I mean, the rhythm... Uh, he didn't get too excited. He could weave in and out. I mean, he was just so spectacular. But to to listen to those stories that he would tell night in and night out, it it truly is just it put a smile on my face hearing those. Yeah, you you always hear you know somebody was so and so was born to do something, and sometimes it's hyperbole. In this case, it's not. It, it Vin Scully was born to be a broadcaster, and his legacy will live on through. You said it. He broadcast his first World Series at 25. 25. He did 25 World Series, 20 no hitters. Did the catch? Did you know NFL? Did golf? Did all kinds of stuff. Um, just like you called it an encyclopedia when you were talking to Chris Andrews. You're not wrong. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it it really is. Uh, you know, the Buckner. Um, mm-hmm. You know, slow dribbler uh, down the line. I know Scott Seidenberg. 
You know, he came in talking about uh, all the different you know clips that he could have. Scott being a, a big baseball guy himself, um, and I saw uh, Dan Leach, our friend uh, from the uh, from the uh, Detroit CityCast, tweeting out. <laughs> I'm glad there's a there's a similar mind out there about uh, about his performance and for love of the game because he was so you know incredible you know it's it's funny to think about another broadcasting legend you know still still doing it in Milwaukee Bob Euchre and you know his his style and what he'll be remembered for and and his iconic uh, portrayal in in Major League uh, Vince Scully was just Vince Scully calling. Calling this perfect game and weaving in and out of uh, of Kevin Costner's character Billy Chapel, you know, a, an aging veteran, you know, throwing a perfect game at, at Yankee Stadium. So, um, yeah, the, the 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 clips that continue to to come out, um, it's a celebration of of just the remarkable career of uh, and life, obviously, of Vince Scully, and you know, that that the the fact that the catch. From you know Montana to Clark was the last NFL game, Adam, that he ever called. Think about that. The last NFL game he ever called was the catch, one of the most iconic plays in the history of the NFL. Of course, Vince Scully called it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh look, we're gonna we're gonna hear and see a lot of these tributes, you know, a lot of these memories, and you know, it's uh, it's been special to at least be part of it tonight with Brent Musburger yep. coming on and, and sharing his stories and uh, you know, look, you know, we were kind of talking about this a little bit, you know, uh, during one of the breaks of, you know, there's a lot of iconic broadcasters out there mm-hmm. that, you know, are either retiring. I think about a Doc Emmerich in the NHL. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys kind of retiring. Bob Costas, you know, not doing as much play by play as he was. Um, you know, you think about, I guess, Joe Buck, probably the most, sure. you know, somebody that we can refer to, you know, yeah. both of us being in our mid 30s, but it's, um, it, it, those are you remember the moments for the calls almost as much as what actually happened in the game. Yeah, and you know the Kirk Gibson pinch hit home run in 1988. Uh, I mentioned that before, but you know, that is not only the the moment, the image, the call of it. You know, I cannot believe what I just saw, but also the fact that you know I was playing it for you. I mean, what made him so incredible, and Brent even alluded to this when he joined us, was that. You know, he didn't get too big, you know, for the moment. He didn't get too excited. He knew exactly what to say. And he let, you know, things kind of play itself out. That's what makes such a good broadcaster, uh, you know, be be iconic is recognizing the moment, knowing when to get excited, but also knowing when to just kind of let the scene just talk for itself. And uh, Vince Scully was there for, for so many iconic moments and, so many great stories, like the Wolfman of uh, Johnny Gobes. So it's a little bit of everything. Uh, so certainly a sad night for sports, but also um, you know a, a great night in the sense to uh, to remember uh, the career and the life uh, and, and just so many moments that uh, you know that Vince Scully was a part of. I mean, think about the generations of players he got to call from you know, being in Brooklyn with the Dodgers to being out in L.A. and so many different people that you know he got to call over the years. Uh, it, it's pretty in, uh, incredible to think of of all the the different people that he got to to broadcast over his his career. So uh, Vin Scully once again passing away uh, at the age of ninety four tonight. Um, once again at one uh, at Veasan Live, 
Uh, you can catch uh, about a minute and a half clip of, of Brent talking about, you know, the importance of, of Vince Scully and his career. Uh, he told a great story about him and Vince Scully calling an all-star game together. Uh, you know, Adam brought up the fact that uh, he was awarded uh, the Vince Scully Broadcaster uh, Achievement, Lifetime Achievement Lifetime Award. Achievement Award. Uh, you know, the importance of what Vin meant into his life. So, uh, once again, small clip out. We will get the whole clip out there for you uh, a little bit later on, too. So, uh, certainly, uh, thanks again to Brent for coming on to just uh, to pay some respects to uh, his friends uh, and uh, in, in Vin Scully. So, um, you know, a, a little bit... Um, more to more things to hit on, and uh, I guess let's just stick with baseball here for the final you know couple minutes of this segment. We're gonna get into the SEC because you wrote up the SEC for a college football betting guide. Um, you know, coming up at the the bottom of the hour, but you know, when you look at the the National League right now, and in baseball, really any time you know we we've seen so many different ones. You mentioned you know when the when the Indians made the run to the World Series. You know, when the Nationals certainly, you know, in 2019, when they were able to, you know, win the win the World Series, they were, you know, what, four outs away from being eliminated in the wild card game. And then they make this run. They beat the Dodgers, to beat the Cardinals, and beat the heavy favorite Astros. So when you look at the National League, the four teams that are that are, you know, thought to be in this discussion, obviously, you got the Braves, Padres, uh, you got the Mets and the Dodgers. Could you see a Cardinals or a Phillies making that type of run, Adam, come October? Well, you know, I think the team that would be best equipped to make a run outside of, of the top teams would be the Brewers simply because of their pitching. You know, the Cardinals did upgrade getting Jose Quintana and getting Jordan Montgomery, and the back end of their bullpen is solid with Giovanni Gallegos, Ryan Helsley, but there are enough concerns, I think, still with the depth of that rotation with the middle relief that they have also, it's an offense really dominated by Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. Nolan Gorman gets a hold of one every now and then. I know Brendan Donovan's a guy that gets on base quite a bit, but you know they have to be carried by a couple of their stars in the lineup, whereas I think for the Brewers, with that pitching staff, and I know that we were watching the interview with Devin Williams right after Josh Hader was traded, uh, kind of an uncomfortable situation for them, sort of wondering what's going on with this deal. But the Brewers get Freddie Peralta back off the IL. That was kind of one of their trade deadline acquisitions was getting him back from the injured list. I like him. I like Corbin Burns. I like Brandon Woodruff. In a in a series, in a three-game yeah. or a five-game series, you're probably going to have to beat – you're going to face Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns twice each. So that's a really challenging thing for any lineup. Even though the Brewers aren't the most gifted offensive team, their pitching is good enough, I think, to give them a puncher's chance – now, I don't know if 22 to 1 is good enough in light of what we've seen here today, but if that Brewers price gets pushed out a little bit, if you can find them 25, 28, something like that, I think maybe there's maybe some equity in, in taking Milwaukee. Yeah, and I'm fascinated by the Milwaukee bullpen. So you lose Hater, but you know, Devin Williams gets bumped up. You bring in Rodgers, who I know has been struggling a little bit lately, but still solid. You bring in Bush, they brought they acquired mm -hmm. Rosenthal today. So they're, they're kind of piecing it together. And then uh, Cousins is expected to be back in, in short order here. So, you know, yes, they lost Hater, but the bullpen still, Boxberger's been really strong this year. The Brewers are certainly a, a fascinating team to take an eye and keep an eye on in the National League. That's Adam Burke. I'm Tim Murray. More to come. We'll talk some SEC football next. Next. 
This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsible. Alongside Adam Burke, I am Tim Murray. Our college football betting guide is out. Head to vcin.com slash subscribe. I have a very, very small part in it. A very important part, though. <laughs> yes, talking about the Mac East and UMass. Um, <laughs> you had all the independents, right? Not just, I didn't have all of them. Not I just had, UMass. No, me and uh, Dave Tooley, we split Did you get the, the bottom of the independents? So New Mexico State, we UMass. Actually, we actually did a trade on air. Dave and I, uh, because I, I mean the Notre Dame guy that I am, I said, I, I would like Notre Dame. He's like, fair. So he took uh, BYU and then I think Liberty, and then I took Army. And then we we had a, a trade for, or we, there was drew, some. Drew there, short straws yeah, for UConn? essentially. I did I did both UConn and UMass. Uh, they play it, each other, right? They do. What a barn burner. We uh, should spend an entire segment that week on that game, on every single show. The uh, I believe the Westgate Superbook put it out as one of their games of the year. <laughs> as they should. Uh, it's a Friday night game at the rent uh, there in stores. But uh, from you, UMass- we speak about drinking responsibly on our beer reads. Make sure you drink responsibly watching UMass and UConn. What was the game? I bet it the other. Oh, man, it was a MAC game. I think it was like Bowling Green against probably Akron. I think it was Bowling Green Akron in yeah. the the COVID season. They were the two worst teams. They've been. And I, I spent, I bet taxable income on that game, and I actually won the bet. All right, but uh, from <laughs> the beauty of UMass and UConn, the pride of New England, to the best conference in all of football, and that's what Adam Burke wrote about. The oh, S- we're going to talk about the Sun Belt? <laughs> Close. <laughs> the SEC, um, Alabama and Georgia uh, on opposite sides uh, of of the conference, they do not play each other in the regular season. Um, you know, you look at those overprices uh, on both win totals. Look, man, Alabama's not losing twice. <laughs> no, and there's a lot of places I've seen some eleven and a halfs out there. I would not play that. Um, and, and there's a different. And I know I think Matt Humans wrote up Alabama over ten and a half in our football betting guide, and talking about you know. Sometimes you have to lay the juice, and obviously it's going to take a while to, for that to, to, to come home. But I look at this Alabama roster, and you know, there's a reason why they're at some spots as low as like plus 175 to win the title this year, Adam. And you wrote about them. I mean, this team is so stacked, and not only do they have the reigning Heisman Trophy winner coming back, uh, and arguably the best player just – pound for pound, to use a boxing term in, in football, Will Anderson, they went out and they got Jameer Gibbs uh, from Georgia Tech. They went out and got Eli Ricks uh, to come in from LSU. So when you look at the Alabama team, I'm going to spin it one way. 
What are the weaknesses in this Alabama team? Where do you see potential falters coming? Because they're a double-digit favorite in every single game this season. Yeah, I was actually just looking through my numbers here. I have Alabama at least a 14.5-point favorite in every single game that they play this season. And with that being said, I mean, you think about what happened last year. If Tank's if Tank Bigby goes down in bounds in the Iron Bowl, yeah, they lose. They lose, and they don't go to the college football playoff. So expectations are, are high every year. I mean, it's national championship or bust for this program without question. They're the highest power-rated team for me. I have them three points higher than Georgia for what it's worth if they wound up meeting on a neutral site game, and who knows what that you know will look like by December. But despite being a 14.5-point or more favorite in every game for me, there's always a game or two in the SEC where they just have a bunch of issues. I mean, they almost lost to Arkansas last year, too. That was a back-and-forth game. They did lose to Texas A&M. Maybe should have lost to Auburn. So, for whatever reason, there's just always some spot with this team where they they don't play like Alabama or you know, the other team just has a masterful game against them. So, you know, I mean, look, I'm not saying they're going to lose two games. I'd be shocked if they do. But is there a weakness? Maybe the weakness is simply playing SEC teams all the time and getting everybody's best shot. Well, you know, looking at the schedule uh, that they have, that Texas A&M game, they ain't losing. No. They're going to win. And who was it? Will Anderson, who kind of had a, you know, a smirk on his face at SEC Media Day and was like, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens when we play. I'm, I'm paraphrasing poorly there. They're not losing that game. They, they're going to win by a lot. But the, 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 the surrounding games are, are the curious ones to me. Now, Tennessee's a rivalry game, and they haven't lost that game, I feel like, in like two decades. Arkansas, they had a tough time with last year. Arkansas, I think you, you had a lean towards the under, if I read that correctly. So uh, the thing with Arkansas, I think this is a really, really good football team. And I, I think Kendall Bryles is a good offensive coordinator. I like Sam Pittman as the head coach because he's kind of the, the leader, the rah-rah guy, and he's also... You know, he's got a background as an offensive line coach. I like Arkansas's team. What I don't like is Arkansas's schedule. They have a brutal schedule, along with playing Cincinnati and BYU in the yeah, non-conference. They, they go to BYU midseason. Which is insane. And BYU, as me and uh, Sean argue can constantly, BYU is bringing back, along with USF, the most starters in college football. So you got to go middle of the year to Provo I mean, who scheduled that game? That is that is crazy. All right, so Alabama win total at, at, at 10.5. Now, over is minus 280, I believe, currently at DraftKings. Dra- uh, to win the SEC is minus 145. To win the college football playoff, let's just you know round up. You could probably, I think you could find a 2-1 to one out there. What would be the way you would go about betting Alabama in 2022? Well, I think, I mean, I would look for something creative, like what we talked to Mo Pearson about yesterday in terms of, you know, the kind of those five-team parlays from the Power Five of who's going to win the conferences. You almost have to put Alabama or Georgia with somebody else. It's just very hard to take them straight because there's just not a ton of value in that. By the way, 15 straight for Alabama over Tennessee. Last loss, 2006. (laughs) In Knoxville, 16-13 uh, in that game. And most of these have not been close, by the way. They won by five in 2014. They won by two in 2009. Every other game was a blowout. So to your point about Alabama and Tennessee. But look, I mean, 
there's always the chance, and hopefully it doesn't happen because he's such a dynamic player and may go first overall in the draft. There's always a chance that Bryce Young gets hurt or, yeah. you know, there's some sort of cluster injury to the offensive line or the skill positions or, or something like that. So, you know, when I'm betting futures, like what we talked about last night with the San Diego Padres, when I'm betting futures, I want to take a position that I feel like is going to gain equity as the season goes along. An Alabama bet to win the SEC generally doesn't gain a whole lot of equity because if they win every week, they're just doing exactly what they're supposed to do. So they do. So I want to jump to Tennessee because this is a, a team that you like, uh, at least recommended the over, um, you know, in your write-up. Uh, now, this is a team that's getting some buzz. Um, you know, Hendon Hooker back for another season. I thought he kind of started to pick things up there. Uh, they've certainly been uh, busy in the transfer portal uh, Josh Heupel entering, uh, was this year two or three for Heupel? Two? Yeah, year two. Year two. Uh, I, honestly, I didn't even like the the hiring, but he's he's made some sense there. Uh, you look at the schedule, you know, road game at Pitt, uh, there'll be a, an underdog there, uh, but I think that's winnable. Uh, home against Florida at LSU where there'll be a slight underdog. Um, you know, Kentucky at home, they get Alabama at home. So win total set at seven and a half. If I were to make a play, I, w- I would certainly lean towards the over on Tennessee, and, and a lot of it hinges on can they go to Pittsburgh, which, let's be honest, they don't have a, a strong home field uh, situation there at, I was going to call it Heinz, whatever they're calling Pittsburgh Stadium nowadays. Um, I don't even remember what they're calling it. They do get, I mean, they do get Georgia, they do get Alabama, obviously, in the in the crossover situation, but I think Tennessee certainly has a has a case for an 8-4, and four, maybe even maybe eking out nine wins this year. Yeah, I have that game at Pitt as effectively a pick. I have Tennessee minus a half point in that one. They're favored by five and a half against Florida at home. I do have them a two-point favorite on the road at LSU as well, but LSU is a team that I feel like I could end up elevating probably pretty quickly here as the season goes along. The thing that's tough about Tennessee is a lot of toss-up games, right? I only have them a five-point favorite against Kentucky. They're a clear dog to Georgia and Alabama, certainly, that's the tough part is, you know, they have a lot of toss-up types of games that could go either way. I'm not a big hypo guy, but I was pretty impressed with the job that he did last year. And, you know, having Hendon Hooker back doesn't hurt. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. All right, we'll wrap up the SEC. Your favorite win total play on the board. Maybe, if you're nice, might slip in a little action for the people. Just, just a little tease to close out the show. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Come on back. Preseason football. This is the nightcap on VEASAN, the sports betting network. The College Football Betting Guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations. Plus, our best season win totals, win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VEASAN all-access subscriber. Sign up early. And for a discounted $175, you'll receive the college and pro football betting guides, along with the full VEASAN 
access all the way through the Super Bowl, or join us for 40 bucks. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. A month and see everything VEASAN has to uh, up your betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all of the options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Wrapping things up here on the nightcap alongside Adam Burke, who was a vital piece, part of the college football betting guide. I am Tim Murray. Um, Before we jump back into the SEC, maybe a little action. Uh, And uh, just uh, to put a bow on the night, once again, uh, earlier tonight, uh, the Dodgers uh, announced the passing of Vin Scully at the age of 94. Uh, Earlier tonight, we were... uh, uh, Joined by Brent Musburger, we have a tweet out at VSIN Live, uh, just a small clip of Brent and what uh, Vin Scully meant to Brent in his career. Uh, we will uh, get the full interview out, uh, hopefully shortly, uh, in case you missed that. Uh, so, um, you know, it, you know, talking to Chris Andrews, I thought he made a good point, and we've mentioned it. You know, it's a celebration too. It's certainly a sad day, no doubt about it, uh, with the passing of of of. You know, a legend, but 94 years old, got the call games uh, into, did he get all, I think he was 90 years old in his last year, Adam, with the Dodgers. Last season was 1996, so I guess 88, uh, sorry, 2016, I beg your pardon. So uh, the passing of Vince Sully, uh, and certainly you're seeing uh, great tributes all over Twitter, um, you know, great uh, moments of, of Vin Scully's career, uh, different stories, how he could weave in these stories and and still not miss a beat of the action. Um, you know, didn't have a color analyst, I think, for the majority of his career. I mean, it was uh, certainly was one of a kind and uh, will be missed. Uh, 94 years old, passing away uh, tonight there. Uh, Vin Scully passing away tonight. The legends and uh, certainly one of a kind. All right, wrapping things up here on the show. Let's get back to the SEC. Um, you know, we give recommendations on our write-ups of of over-unders, but there are ones we certainly like more than the others. When you look at the SEC, Adam, this year, is there a play over-under that jumps out to you uh, the most? Yeah, I think there are a couple. I mean, you know, we just talked about Tennessee. I think I would definitely look at them over their win total there of 7.5, but, you know, you got some pretty... Um, cost prohibitive juice out there at sure. some places for, for the over seven and a half. One that I've really been taking a, a pretty close look at here is is actually Auburn. You know, we just talked about it. I mean, Auburn was a mental mistake away from beating Alabama in the Iron Bowl last year, but I really don't think that this is that great of a team. I mean, they do bring back Tank Bigsby, which is definitely going to help them, but 
Major questions at the quarterback position. You know, will it be Texas A&M transfer Zach Calzada, who actually beat Alabama last year? Will it be TJ Finley? Will it be Oregon transfer Robbie Ashford? A lot of questions at the quarterback position here. For a team that I don't think is particularly well coached with Brian Harson. I know we had them up for the Alabama game, kind of was what it was, but you know, we were talking about this during the break, Tim. So Derek Mason was their defensive coordinator, the former head coach at Vanderbilt, a well-respected figure in the SEC in terms of coaching up defenses. He left. He took a pay cut and went to Oklahoma State. And this is an Auburn team that has been lacking a little bit from a recruiting standpoint. Obviously, they play in the SEC West, so that's a very challenging conference to play. And they've got the non-conference game against Penn State, who they lost to last year, 28-20. I just feel like this Auburn team could definitely go under six and a half wins here, possibly be a you know five and seven team. I just I'm really concerned about them on both sides of the ball. Concerned about the way that they're not really they're almost rebuilding as opposed to retooling, which is not what SEC programs usually do. So the more I look at Auburn, the more I think that you know there are definitely some concerns with this team and also replacing Roger McCreary and Smoke Monday in the secondary will not be easy. Yeah. Uh, Auburn last year, if anyone played the uh, season win total under, I think, I can't remember if I had it at six and a half or seven, but uh, I was certainly sweating out that final game. Uh, however, uh, if Bryce Young doesn't make the, the drive there, uh, C.J. Stroud wins Heisman Trophy uh, more than, ah, uh, yeah, I guess he probably wins it, even though they got smoked uh, uh, by Michigan there. There's one thing I want to mention really quick, and, and I wrote about this in the college football betting guide, and there's a lot of great information from a lot of very smart people in it. Um, but, you know, Aub- so Auburn scored over 28 points per game last year, but they scored 60 against both Akron and Alabama State. So keep in mind, as you're looking at these season-long numbers for teams, it's a relatively small sample size of 12 games. So yeah, they scored over 28 points per game, but they put up 60 burgers on Akron and Alabama State. You have to treat those with not even a whole shaker of salt, but one of those whole Morton salt things. (laughs) So that's definitely something you want to look at. You can't just take season-long numbers just kind of on the surface. You've got to consider the fact that, look, they may hang 60 on Mercer in week one. You know, that doesn't really have any bearing on what they do the rest of the season. So that's something for you to keep in mind. All right. Perfect timing for me. Uh, I got to dive into the Mac East. Um, <laughs> the, those, the Mac Least. Uh, that is Akron, Bowling Green, Buffalo, Kent State, Miami, and Ohio. Uh, Miami should win that division. I'm not, you know, guaranteeing anything. Um, you know, for me, there were a couple that I that I had trouble with. You know, Akron's terrible, uh, but Joe Moorhead's a good coach. Uh, they've got some interesting transfers, uh, but you know they lost a bunch of pieces. So I leaned over two and a half. Uh, I think Buffalo could really struggle this year. I think under five and a half wins. Uh, they lost uh, a bunch of pieces too. They lost their quarterback, lost their running back. Uh, they only bring back fifty one percent of their offensive production. Um, you know, I mentioned Miami. Well coached, Chuck Martin does a good job there. Uh, if they upset Northwestern, which is kind of a pick'em game, uh, I think they should be on the road to seven wins this year. Uh, but the one that intrigues me, and I mentioned on the show before, Bowling Green, baby, and it's now moved to four. So I don't love it as much. I personally played it at three and a half when we wrote the guide. It was at three and a half. It was juiced to three and a half. They bring back. How about this? According to ESPN's Bill Conley. 
The number they bring back, the number one in returning production, 95% of their offense, 88% of their defense come back. Now, they weren't very good, but still, uh, they bring it all back. Uh, Their head coach is back, Scott Leffler, for a fourth season. 17 starters back. Uh, They bring in a couple big transfers. Uh, They do lose a a little bit on the on the defensive side with some tra- uh, with some transfers, but that would be my team right there. That's the team I'm cheering for. Get me to four wins, Bowling Green. Well, and I think that level of continuity is really important. And I've, I've talked about this before, and I will continue to do so. That there's more betting value in the group of five than there is in the Power Five because the sports books have to be a lot more attentive to the big name teams. So when I look at you know a conference like the MAC. A lot of times you get a lot of transfers in and out. You get a lot of these teams having to go the JUCO route or something like that. The idea of a team having continuity in this conference and specifically in this bad division, the West is much better than the East, it creates a little bit higher variance of an environment to where Bowling Green could very well be that team that has a lot of success. As you mentioned, a team like Buffalo loses a lot, and also they lost Lance Leopold prior to last season. That's a significant downgrade for them in terms of their head coach, Maurice, Maurice Linguist, who was hired to be the co-defensive coordinator at Michigan, then got hired for the job at Buffalo, as you mentioned to me yesterday. Ohio, very consistent Mac East program, but Frank Solich retired due to medical year. reasons. That was a team that had continuity every single year. That was the same coaching staff for like 20 years. We saw them struggle greatly last season. So I think continuity is definitely something you want to keep in mind when you talk about the group of five, and it could very well help the Falcons this year. Yeah, and uh, they can uh, take care of an FCS opponent in the non-con. Look, last year, the reason they got the four wins, they stunned Minnesota as a 30-point underdog. I don't know if that'll happen against UCLA or Mississippi State, but look, they get Kent State at home. They get Buffalo at home. Uh Let's go Bowling Green. Let's take it on home. So once again, the VSIN College Football Betting Guide is out. They give big-time conferences like the SEC to Adam, and I get to take a look at the MAC East uh, to break it on down. I got Conference USA. Well, we're pulling in. We're pulling for the Bowling Green Falcons. All right, that's going to do it for our show tonight. Um, by the way, the Washington Nationals, who traded away Juan Soto uh, earlier today, the second biggest upset of the season. The only other bigger one when Toronto hosted the Kansas City Royals with half their team not vaccinated, and yet the Royals won that game. Uh, thanks, everyone, to join us, and thanks again to Brent Musburger uh, for, for joining us to give us his thoughts on the passing of the legend, Ben Scully. It's the Nightcap. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.